Tandem Nomads, episode 68. When it feels like it is almost a little bit too far of a stretch that you can't reach it, mm -hmm. but you want it so bad, then you know you've hit it. And that's where the reinvention comes from. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show for expat partners. Every new episode is launched twice a month on Tuesdays. You will find here great inspiration and tips to build your portable career and thrive with your family. in your global nomadic life. Hello, Nomad Nation. This is Amel Delegi, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Sunday Dean. Sunday, are you ready for this ride? I am ready. <laughs> Wonderful. So Sunday is the, it's the second time that Sunday joins us on Tadam Nomads, and this is really great to have you again here. Uh, in the previous episode, number 28, we discussed uh, how to deal with uncertainty and high, risk secure, uh, high security risks. It was a really great episode, so don't hesitate to check it out, number 28. And today's episode is about how to answer the question that I've been asked many times by other expert partners, how to start uh, from scratch, actually, what to do when we have no idea, you know, we, we know we have to reinvent ourselves, but don't know where to start. So uh, Sunday Schneiderbin comes from the United States with her husband and kids. She lived in Switzerland, Burkina Faso, and today she lives in South Africa. Sunday is an intercultural specialist and coach. Uh, she has helped individuals from over 40 countries go through transitions and change. She also works with multinational companies and NGOs to support their employees. So Sunday, this is a very, very brief uh, summary of who you are. Is there anything I missed and what's happening in your world today? Okay. Well, thank you for the introduction. I think, you know, beyond the professional side, I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural specialist, but I'm also someone who's lived abroad since 1998. I am a mother of, you know, third culture kids. I had to reinvent myself um, the beginning of 2000. So I've lived this experience and I can say the good news is that um, I've learned a lot personally along the way. So not only do I support people professionally with that, but I've, I've sort of had to sling through the mud myself, so to speak. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and what's happening in what's happening in the world today? Um, I think we're in South Africa. It's gorgeous today. There's a cloudy skies, which when you live in a sunny country is not a bad thing. And I'm getting ready to fly to Europe to go teach leadership um, competencies to top talent. So I'm really excited about that. Exciting. This is really fun. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, this expression that says a problem is half solved when it's well-defined. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was wondering if we could define a little bit the type of challenges that expat partners usually go through and where do they come from? Why is it so complicated for expat partners to, to have to continue their careers and, and, and find their fulfillment? Okay. So I think, you know, it's hard to say there's one or two types of expat partners because there's so many national geographies and professions and all that. So yeah. I, I'm not going to make claims that I can talk about you know, there's one way for everybody, but I'll just speak from my experience with my clients. A lot of the people that I work with are really talented. Um, I'm going to say women because, you know, what is it? 90% of expat spouses yeah. are female, even though that's changing. It's great to see um, the, the numbers increase on male expat partners and um, same-sex partnerships. But classically, and what we're still seeing in terms of majority is women are the expat spouse. And 
often these women are really well-educated, have been very successful professionally, and maybe have either recently had children or have had children abroad and have said yes to the expat experience because they were up for cultural adventure, wanted to support their partner, and maybe even wanted to spend a little bit more time with their kids. And you being abroad might help them do that. And the challenge with that is that their entire identity was um, settled on this sense of success professionally. And they define themselves as, you know, the lawyer, the accountant, the water specialist, et cetera. And they were thriving on their own. And all of a sudden, they feel that they're dependent, right? And I think that is, I am so passionate about that. There's (laughs) no such thing as an expat spouse who is dependent and the guy is free. No, this is a team deal. And when you move abroad and you're married or you have a family, the entire family moves and there's an interdependency. And then that, that has, I'm so passionate about that. So when, you know, the person lands and maybe has fun the first four months, five months, six months, even year, but once sort of the cultural, how, what shall I say? The cultural exoticism ways, you know, wears off. Once they've learned the language, once they know where the market is, when they can negotiate in the local context, most of them are asking, okay, now what? And to be honest, there are people, a lot of the clients I've worked with have a really guilty feeling about that because mm-hmm. they're like, why I should be happy. You know, I don't have any needs. I, all my wishes are fulfilled for security. Um, I'm living this adventure. And even if they have kids, they feel worse because it's like saying just being at home with the kids isn't enough. You can't say that in public without getting in trouble, right? But they feel something inside which says, "Ah, I want something more. Yeah, I'm so happy that you brought this up. And there's one thing that I love the passion you say about the fact that it's a team because this is something we should very strongly share together Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is why I called it podcast tandem nomads because it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a team and yeah. and it unfortunately it's not always that way and and it's very important to do understand that if we want to solve that problem it starts also with the partnership with you know Absolutely. building that partnership from the ground up mm-hmm. yeah i'm so passionate about that I've, i'm afraid if we keep going i'll totally oh, yeah. get out oh, yeah. on a different topic <laughs> but no that is it is and it really does begin because Um, And this question is relevant about reinventing yourself. Mm. This tandem relationship is, is, um, is relevant because, you know, if you go abroad and you've given up your career, so your partner can be a director of an NGO, let's say, and you were, um, let's say a lawyer or an accountant or a nurse or whatever you were, this is not just one person's problem because you as a team decided to go abroad. So the unit needs to look at, okay, half of us has to reinvent themselves. What kind of support do you need? What kind of time do you need? What kind of resources do you need? How do we do this? Because if you're going as a tandem couple mm-hmm. um, and half is, you know, floating in the air going, I don't even know who I am anymore. And the other one's off building, you know, his or her career skyrocketing. This will not be balanced. Yeah. Right. And I think the big mistake that everybody makes, oh, I see this all the time, is women feeling guilty. This is, oh, this lights my fire. (laughs) Women feel guilty. I can hear it. I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Is they feel guilty for asking for money. And this is, this, I, this, 
there's to ask for money. This is crazy. Reinvent yourself. You're not asking for money. You're saying we're a team. We're doing this. We're in West Africa. We're in South Africa. We're in Europe. We're wherever we're at. We're in France. Um, we've chosen to support you on this career path. My path is back home and I can't continue that for whatever reason it is. What are we, what can we do so that I can continue um, feeling a sense of purpose? And that doesn't have to be a career, just a sense of purpose. And I don't want to get locked into that. Everybody has to have a job, like an eight to five job, and not everybody has to open their own company, but create a life in which this couple or this family can likewise feel like their time and energy is being invested in a way that is worth it. Not one person's profiting and benefiting and the other one is like scrambling behind, but both are loving and thriving and in in facing challenges in their life not imbalanced. I'm so happy that you bring it. This is such an important part and already start Mm -hmm. answering the question where to start. And I think Mm -hmm. that, yes, where to start is first of all, make sure that we have that partnership and that we have that discussion in the relationship. And you brought Mm -hmm. up the money part. And I do know for sure that uh, one of the first parts is actually to reach out for help. And if it's a coach, it's great. If it's a psychologist, if it's something else, a mentor, but, um, a lot of that help also needs uh, investment and, and yes. that investment should be considered as an investment in the partnership, not just yes. in one person. Oh yeah. You know, what's more expensive than a coach, a divorce lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> right? Repatriation. I'll tell you what, repatriation, broken family, divorce lawyer, that's more expensive than a go. three month coaching. <laughs> no. And what well, happens? You sold it, this. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what happens is when, when one par- person, you know, this is a, t- this is a, how should I say you, you have to take responsibility for your own happiness. So it's not like, you know, it's his fault. He's not seeing it. You need to take ownership for yourself and you need to create your own happiness. Yeah. And if your partner isn't on board with that, you need to get really clear on what you need and, and have an honest, authentic conversation about how to get those needs met. Yeah. Um, and if it is, you know, if it is professionalizing yourself in a new direction, then that's a team plan. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's say that now this is settled in that we all agree on this important part. (laughs) (laughs) Where would you suggest then when you, where would you suggest expert partners who are starting from scratch and needing to reinvent themselves to start? What do you suggest when they ask where to start this reinventing journey when they don't know what to do with their lives and their career? Okay. So when you don't know what to do with your life and your career, that is a dangerous place because most people think, well, I don't know yet. So I'll wait until I find out. Or um, I don't know yet. So maybe that means I can't do it. So I think the place to start is to say, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I can do. And I don't even have any ideas. And instead of waiting, I think people need to get started on um, tackling that. And here's one thing that I think people do wrong. I think people say, what could I do? instead of saying, what do I want to do? So very classic embassy sends a family abroad. They've got the part-time jobs with the spouses. Oh, there's an administrative part-time job open. I'll apply for that. Mm -hmm. And that 
-hmm. will keep their time filled, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's going to make them happy. And so one, if you don't know what you want, it's okay. That's the beginning of the journey Two, um, don't do what you can do, do what you want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do, then you're going to have to start taking action. And um, there's a lot of ways that you can start taking action. And what I, what I do with my clients is we start with, um, I mean, there's a lot of strategies you can do. Like you can talk to friends for ideas. You can look into um, resor- career resources, but I would start way, way, way before that. I would start with um, what am I telling myself that limits me, which might be, oh, I'm too old to take another course, right? I can't get a master's degree now or, um, oh, that's too expensive. All the mind crap that you've got, we all have it. That's keeping you from doing what you really want because you're not even going to know what you want when you're telling yourself all these things. You clear out the mind crap. You can do that, do it yourself through personal development. You can hire a coach. Um, you might have a natural affinity to that, but you clear out that. And then you go into what's called, Martha Beck calls dreaming and scheming. You just get creative and you don't make lists. Everybody makes lists and they get blocked. I did pros and cons, do's and don'ts, and everybody's stuck. It's because logic won't take you there anymore. Know what you want is in your guts, mm-hmm. right? It's in your body. And you need to do things that access that. And those are more creative activities. And that's where... When you well, most people that I work with are very left brain and need to do more of the right brain. Unless you're extremely artistic, maybe it's useful to do more of the opposite side. But most of the people I work with have thought themselves to death, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's why they're blocked. So you need to do something else. If you've tried to figure it out and you're stuck, you need to do something different. And once you get kind of those butterflies inside, like ooh, that could be fun you need to then start taking um, action to sort of test out the waters. Is this light my fire? Is this something that I could really imagine doing? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So before we go into that action part, I want to know, do you have an example of those exercises that you do to help people feel in their guts what they want? Well, the one that most people probably recognize is um, it got kind of a lot of media attention in the U.S. And it's a little bit, depending on the reputation, it could be seen as a little woo-woo. But do you remember when um, people were making vision boards in the U.S.? They were, it was kind of like this, the secret, the book came out and everybody was trying to fulfill their future by just putting up pictures on a board. That's not what I'm talking about. The, the same idea applies. So you, what you do is you use imagery, magazines, Pinterest, and you go through and you say, what would I love to have around me in three to four years? Who would I love to be loved by? Right? This is an exercise that Martha Beck does with, with the vision board. Um, what would I love doing? And you don't think about it. You use images and things pop up. And I'll give you an example. Um, I had this amazing client. It was a male um, accompanying spouse. And he was an architect, no, an archaeologist for years. And then he was a um, high-level manager in a hotel doing all these things. He ended up um, uh, retiring from that, and his wife took the lead. And he was um, going through the vision board and through the vision board, the, the images, and he created this board of all these images um, that just sort of struck him. And he realized that he wanted to dig up old passions that he had for archaeology. Another male uh, company spouse that I had was going to get another like MBA and he was a very accomplished professional. He ended up deciding, 
oh, I actually want to just cook with my kids and garden. This is something they had in their head before we did it. But mm-hmm. afterwards, when they looked at the images, their whole body said yes when they saw it. Mm-hmm. And that's a way to draw you out of your left brain and get you into your body, get you into your guts. Yeah. Does that but make sense? Yeah, definitely. But isn't that part also the comfort? Like, because at them, at some point, where do you challenge yourself? Because some part, some part of the reinvention is about challenging ourselves. Uh, how, how do you, if, if it's only about feeling good about that image, if it's an image that's actually feeling good because it seems easy, is, mm-hmm. is, is, can that be a trap? It's not. Well, I, of course, there could be a trap with what feels easy, but that's easy doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Easy yeah. feels like a cop out, right? Let me tell you this. Gardening with your kids and just baking at home is a huge challenge when you are a managing director of an NGO. That's true. That's a good and point. You're, in your 50s. And now you're saying, forget all social stereotypes of what a man does with his family, and I'm going to do something else. That takes courage. That's a skill. That's a challenge. That's true. And so there's no judgment. It's all about what that person feels in their guts. And the re- the, I know when someone has found it, when they have created it, and then they're scared I can't say it because you probably have to edit it. Scared other wits. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, you know, you know that feeling, I'm sure you've had it before, Emma, where you, um, where you're like shaky, scared, excited, like giddy birthday party feeling, but kind of scared at the same time. Uh-huh. Then, you know, then, yeah. you know. So when, when it feels like it is almost a little bit too far of a stretch that you can't reach it, mm-hmm. but you want it so bad then yeah. you know you've hit it. That's and that's where the reinvention comes from. Uh, I see what you Because for me, it's a, it is important that little discovery journey and that little challenge, because I think that we do get, we do, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but there is some kind of fulfillment that comes when you challenge, your, when we challenge ourselves yep. um, and, and, and try to get beyond what we're used to do. Yeah. And I can't even hear the word reinvention without thinking of a challenge because reinvention is transforming yourself into something else. And when you transform, you have to let the old stuff die. Yeah. The old securities, the old patterns, the old ways of doing, you have a lot of learning ahead of you. Which is not easy, yeah. No, and that's the whole thing. If you're going to really reinvent yourself, you have to be ready for that transformation and that's not going to be comfortable it's going to be great but it's not going to be comfortable yeah so what about now let's say we did that exercise we found what we wanted to do by the way i love that you did insist on that it's not what you are going to do but what you want to do and it is true a lot of expert partners are going to take the first job that comes in just to fill their time and i really Mm -hmm. wanted to highlight that it was a really good point to really assess what we really want deep in our guts. So once we figured that out with the suggestions you had now, what are the actions to take? So once you find that thing that makes you excited and kind of scared, you then we let the left brain come in. We're like, come on back. We're ready to rock and roll. And you make a methodical plan. And you, you say, okay, if that's what I want, how do we get there? 
And then you just do the thousand steps from the goal backwards, right? You do all of those steps, plan them out and say, what does that look like? So if you say to yourself, I had one client who did very much the, the thing of, I had uh, the following jobs, right? The, the spouse who works in the embassies, uh, you know, over and over. And she said, you know what? No, I want to be a personal trainer. Okay. That's not taking an embassy job anymore. I want to be a personal trainer. How do I get there? right? You, you become a certified personal trainer. Okay. And then how do you become a certified personal trainer? You find a credible place that will do it online because you live abroad, right? So then you just do the work backwards and that's the easy part. The plan is the easy part because then you can see, well, what do I want to do? How do I get there? And you might have challenges. You might be, I don't know, you might be living in a place where internet is slow or you might have um, a huge family gathering right during the exam time. Like you might have to get creative around how you make that happen. And once you have the plan, you take the first step. Yeah. And actually, that's a very good point. I want to, and one thing I want to in, integrate in what you just said, that what we said at the beginning, when we make that plan, that's also the part where we include our partner in supporting us and making it happen too. Right. You know, yep. um, because and you is, better, yeah, because they're because they're involved in the maybe in the finances, the timing, the the childcare. You're right. You're right. Yeah, because some of them do have to take care of the family, and 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 they do the need to negotiate that time to be able to take care mm -hmm. of their plan. So, yeah. very important to include our partners in in this uh, action plan. Yeah. Okay. While we do that action plan, there are ups and downs, and that plan can take a while—a year, two years, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. I think it's important to bring it up and that patience and re resilience that we might need to go through that. So any insights on that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so th this is what I'm laughing about because I, what I, what I want to what I'm going to say won't sound easy to hear, um, but believe me, it's worth it. So when you make the plan, it is going to be hard. Things won't go as you planned. You will come across boundaries, uh, barriers, uh, you'll get no's, right? I, my point is when you make that plan, you have to be ready for the fight and in a positive way. And Martha Beck calls it the hero saga. So imagine, you know, you're a knight and you're like, I'm going to go save the princess. And you walk out of your castle and you've got your sword and all of a sudden a dragon comes up and he's got fire and you're like, oh great, I forgot my shield. How do I do this? And then you almost get poisoned to death. And you want to go back to the castle, but you really want that princess, right? That's real life. Nobody, no one we know, no one successful has ever reached what they wanted by having it be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? Definitely, yeah. So this is why I want to say that because if you start getting hard, like it starts getting hard, you might think it was the wrong thing. Yeah, that's exactly might, what I wanted to, to, to get at. That that's yeah. where to not get trapped in maybe that was wrong a decision. Or maybe it was. And, that's a question. <laughs> and all the mind crap that you had back in the beginning will pop up. Oh, I'm not smart enough to finish this degree. Um, I can't take away this much time for my kids. Um, I'm, you know, this is too expensive. Um, to spend on me, right? Those lies will pop up if you didn't do the work in the beginning. They'll pop up again. And if you know, if you're feeling tired and vulnerable, they'll probably pop up again anyway, right? Because we're human. Um, so when you're planning that, know that when it's hard, it's just normal. Mm 
And all you have to do is the next step. That's all you have to do. You have the plan. You know where you want to go. Just do the next thing. And tomorrow you can deal with the <laughs> thing number two. You know what I mean? Day by yeah. day. And maybe another thing what you talked about, the relationship, I would say you need to have a very strong relationship to when you involve your partner and you go through that journey. But I would also advise look outside of your partner for support on this journey. Other expat spouses, other entrepreneurs, other whoever, whatever realm you're in um, that you're trying to go towards because you're going to need support. And maybe your partner's dealing with their own stuff, or, or maybe, and this is a dynamic I see a lot with men and women, if you're struggling, your partner wants to fix it. Or your partner might think, um, you brought this on yourself. Or um, uh, like, you're, it's, your, it's your fault. It depends on the dynamics of the relationship. But you might want to think about, you know, resilience. One important factor of resilience is a support network. Mm-hmm. So places like Tandem Nomads online, you can go and say, listen, you guys, I'm on my journey. This is hard. I need a cheerleader, right? Reaching out in groups like the Triangle Group. There's a lot of places you can go. Mm-hmm. So people will cheer you on. And then face-to-face relationships that you have um, of people who understand and are not threatened by your journey. Yeah. And I think that's important to, to it, it's a topic that I really try to insist on finding that support group and, and do reach out to people. I wouldn't have been able to do half of what I've done if it wasn't through online support with mm-hmm. online groups. And this is the great thing about our global nomad life. And if we don't you know, embrace technology and online support, yeah. we make it difficult on us. And I think it's really important to embrace that opportunity we have to connect with people, even those we don't know personally. Yeah, who can bring yeah, that for support? Sure. Yeah. yeah, wow, that, that that was a lot, a lot covered so efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have one question though before we we say goodbye about this whole resilience and how would you make the difference between being perseverant and being stubborn? Because there are sometimes I think the journey is also about trial and errors and it is okay to sometimes start something and realize it is not the right thing. The question is, when is it giving up because it's too hard or Mm -hmm. when is it just being stubborn? You see what I mean? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So resilience when you're okay. So I hear, I hear there's a couple of terms I'm hearing. I'm hearing resilience. I'm hearing perseverance and I'm hearing stubborn. Yeah. Right. Where, so let me where just do you touch. make the, yeah. Where do you make yeah. that difference between I'm persevere, I have to persevere because it's hard, but I'm going to make it. And yeah. when, and then you have others who will continue, but maybe it's actually not the right thing for them. So how would they know if it's the right thing or not? Okay. So the way I look at resilience is um, resilience is the ongoing process of performing and recognizing that you are organic matter, like you need to sleep and eat and rest, and that you you incorporate rest and play in your life, not just work. So resilience is keeping strong by having a healthy lifestyle, a strong support network, and doing the mind um, work to clean out your negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's all resilience. Okay. Um, when people who, and then perseverance is that sort of focus on 
if I come across a challenge, if the dragon wants to, you know, to kill me, <laughs> I don't give up and I, I go for it, right? I give it my all. That persevering, if I, if I get knocked down, I get back up again. That's, those are the ways I think that goes. Being stubborn, I think um, that's an interesting one. I think you know you're being stubborn and when you want something inside your body, but your head is doing the opposite, so, for example, your, you know, I know clients who are very creative and would love to go into a more artistic realm. Their body says, I need to be an artist, right? But their head says, no, I need to be responsible and I need to stay an accountant and I need to, you know, bring in as much money as my partner does. And, and they keep going, keep going, but their head is saying something different than their body. Mm-hmm. And stubborn, I think would be, I think stubbornness can be a good thing when you're like, I don't, I, I, I guess I don't, um, I don't see the difference between, it's hard to say, like in a relationship, you can be stubborn because you're not budging, you're not listening, you're not dialoguing. So stubborn in your own path would be, you're not listening to your body. Mm-hmm. You're not listening to your relationships, the people that are most important to you in terms of not doing what they say, but listening. So mm-hmm. I guess that would be just spontaneously what comes up for me. That's a very good point. Yeah. I, I like the way you did. At, at the end, it's like being honest to ourselves. Uh, yeah. Are yeah. we continuing because we know it's going to work or are we continuing because we ha- we're so scared that it's not going to work? And then if we stop, we won't have anything to take care of or something like that. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like right. I, I, start, I started this whole project and I've been on it for a year or two. And now if I give it up, oh my God, I have to start all over again from zero. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think, you know, yeah, I think it's about, are you coming from a place of clarity or are you coming from a place of fear? And Definitely. if you're coming from a Very place good. of fear, you're probably being stubborn. Very good. Oh my God, we did answer the question. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we such tricky questions. I know. A second. <laughs> it's good. We worked on it. It's good. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fantastic. Actually, if mm-hmm. I summarize it real briefly, we went through really great three steps to be able to answer the question, where do I start? The first one is to answer the question, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. What do I, what, what is in my guts feeling that this is the right thing for me? The second thing was the action plan. And as you said, once you know what you want, that's pretty straightforward. You just follow the plan and list the things that has to be done to make it happen. And the third part is what we just discussed about is all this journey and this ups and downs and dealing with resilience and making sure that we do surround ourselves with the right support system to be able to go through this journey. So that was really great, Sunday. Thank you so much for these great tips. <laughs> My pleasure. If I can just reinforce one yeah. point. It is so critical that you do the work in understanding what you really want. Because if you're off base there, all the planning and all that hard work is for the wrong thing. Oh, very good point. Very good point. So what do you have before we say goodbye? Do you have some resources to suggest, some online resources or books? Well, I think my my go-to, it's kind of where I started uh, my own journey and um, also as a coach. Um, one of my mentors is Dr. Martha Beck, and she wrote, Follow Your North Star. Mm-hmm. And that is if someone is ready to sort of soul search and find out, um, what do I, what does society say I should do? And what do I really want? They want to untangle that mess of what do I really want? She's got 
massive resources there. And the hero saga, that sort of language also comes from Follow Your North Star. Um, I would say start there. Um, I do have a podcast coming out very shortly. Oh, and, cool. Um, my part of um, that is to help you of course, adapt and succeed abroad, but to get through any life transition. So if you're looking for inspiration on how to just keep going forward in this transformation process, that's something um, that I'll address in the podcast. Fantastic. When are you launching? Mm -hmm. At the end of January. January 31st. Yeah. Wow. This is so exciting. Okay, great. So I'll put all these links on the on the webpage of this episode. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Sunday, for sharing so many great tips with us. Where can you find you? If people are interested in getting a hold of me personally, they can find me at sundaybean.com. I have a blog there and a contact form. They can email me directly at sunday at sundaybean.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions directly. Wonderful. So Nomad Nation did not hesitate to check out this webpage with all the links to the resources she mentioned and her website. Do not hesitate to reach out to Sunday if you need some support to reinvent yourself. So thank you so much, Sunday, and I'm looking forward to continue this journey with you. Okay. Thank you, Amel. Have a great day. Cheers. (laughs) Nomad Nation, I hope that you enjoyed the great insights of our guest today. If you did, please make sure to share it with your friends. See you at the next episode and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.